Hey y'all, you are listening to another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl, where we discuss all things concerning self-development and bettering our spirit, but from the homie perspective, somebody that's going through the journey day by day, just like you. Hey y'all, it's your girl Maria, The Spiritual Homegirl, and we are back with another episode of The Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. Now, before we get started, you know I can't do any episode without thanking you all for listening out of the tens and thousands of podcasts that are in podcast land you choose to lend me your ears for about an hour or so once a week and I hella appreciate that I've noticed that as I've taken my six-week hiatus to get my life together in terms of moving from Atlanta to Los Angeles I noticed a lot of y'all been listening um consistently over these past six weeks and I want to shout y'all out because I didn't have nothing new um since what August and here we are, middle of October, back with some new shit. And I'm really happy that you guys didn't fold and stop listening. And you guys stay loyal and consistent. And I really appreciate y'all. So shout out to y'all. So what have I been up to these past six weeks? A lot. And I feel like one episode is not going to be enough to explain thoroughly what I've been going through. Um... I got a lot of shit I want to talk. I think this might be the shit talking episode. I feel it. I haven't had one of these episodes. I've had a beach wisdom episode. I talk about shit on the beach. But in terms of me just really giving it, you know, real live, raw direct in terms of what I feel. Because normally I don't talk about what Maria feels. I talk about what I would like other people to kind of take and digest for themselves. More so presenting information. I try to do it objectively. If I do it subjectively, I speak from my perspective. And this might be one of those episodes but I just feel like really talking some shit this episode. You keep a person like me silent. Not that I was kept silent, so to speak. But when I didn't have an outlet to express in this form for almost two months, you start thinking about a lot of shit. You start, and then on top of your own experience, you start realizing and reevaluating some things. And you start adopting and rejecting things. And, you know, I feel like, you know, October, what day is it today? October 18, 2019, I feel like it's, you know, we got some opinions, we got some things we want to we wanna talk about today. Again, this is as of October 18, 2018, I ain't going to say shit ain't going to change or not going to change, but as of today, this is what's on my heart. So, before I get started, I am moved to Los Angeles, your girl is a California resident, at least for now. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, LA's been real good to me. LA's always good to me. I, and that's not even a flex, for real, for real. Like, I've always loved Los Angeles. I ain't never had a bad trip. I might have had some <laughs> some adventures, you know, that, you know, <laughs> or I may have traveled on some retrograde shit, you know what I'm saying, which which did happen um when I actually decided I was gonna move during LA. You know, little things here and there. Twin flame connections, twin flame separations, twin flame realizations and reconnecting, you know, retrogrades, heat waves, fires two miles away. You can feel the heat when you go outside. It's 105 degree nights on Labor Day. You know, things like that. I've gone through that. One day I'm going to talk about it. I feel like I've already mentioned it to y'all. Yeah, I told y'all this already. It's in a couple of uh, episodes, you know. So what is on my heart right now? Oh, wait, oh, wait. Before I get there. Sorry, I'm, you see, I'm super, I'm super juice, you feel me? So I'm really excited to, like, get into this episode. I can't even, like, sit still, literally. Like, I'm so happy to be back. But Inland Empire, I gotta say this. Um, as y'all know, or may not know, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I collaborate with the Veggie Connection pretty often. This is going on my second year fooling with them by Coastal, um, whether it's in the Atlanta area for their events or in the Inland Empire area, which is Rancho Cucamonga. 
So if you're going to be in the Branch of Cucamonga area on November 3rd, that's a Saturday. I'll be co-hosting um, Art, Beats, and Plant-Based Eats. It's going to be a real cool, intimate night event, plant-based food. You know, something real cool, you know, for adults and things like that. You know, it's not going to be too lit, but lit enough. So um, I'm really excited about that. This is my first event in California since the move. I will be doing a meetup very, very soon. I'm trying to uh, figure out the city, number one. Um, cause I'm usually in a certain part of LA when I visit. So I'm in a different part this time. So I'm learning that a lot better. And then once I kind of get my bearings on navigating, then I'll be able to, uh, give you guys a better, a better location in terms of where I'm going to be at. So I think that's everything. Is that everything? Oh, oh yeah. I don't think I, uh, addressed the last event I had in Atlanta. Cause I don't think I did an episode afterwards, but for those who went to the yoga pop-up workshop with Dre, um shout out to y'all thank y'all very much for coming it was very very short notice it wasn't no situation where you know most events you gotta you know advertise and make sure you get your money and all this other shit i mean you see how honest we being like we just keeping it real direct so if you got kids in the car you might want to put some headphones on you might want to listen to this at another time this is a very grown ass conversation we gonna have so i'm just you know just a heads up but um dre and i did this shit real last minute it was more of hey you know what i'm saying let's just give people a gratitude price for those fucking with us while we was in the city um and linking up together because me and dre done did about about three or four events together since january and that's not just my trainer and my yoga girl that's my home girl you know what i'm saying it's always a beautiful thing to collaborate with your people and help people you know what i mean and um not charge them an arm and a leg for it so that was a beautiful thing so thank y'all that did show up to those that did show up so I don't really have a title for this episode yet. Maybe, you know what I'm saying, I'll meditate um, and maybe do some exercise after this and maybe the title will come to me. But we just talking shit this episode about the things that I've learned when you're moving your entire life across country. So, first thing I noticed and I learned is that you got to follow opportunity. When I was in Atlanta, I had the bright idea. Because, I mean, y'all know I'm about the hybrid entrepreneur life. I ain't about the you know, quit your job. And some people are like that. I don't knock people that are pro entrepreneurship. I don't knock people that are pro nine to five because you gotta do what works for you. I'm a person that's like, why have one or the other, but you can have both. So I'm that person that believes in nine to fives being see money for the dreams until that dream ends up being more than the nine to five and you can quit and go from there. So when I was in Atlanta, I had the bright idea to wait on my move. I really want to move um, last Labor Day, Labor Day of last year, when I actually got the revelation to move, I actually wanted to just drop everything and stay. And um, obviously that couldn't work. So because I didn't have a plan. I didn't have anything set up. I had no clothes, no nothing. I had a dog. You know what I'm saying? Like I still got my dog. So I was like, I need to actually sit still and think this through. So I did. You know, I tried to plot it out. And um, the funny thing about plans is that you always have to remember that just because some shit is planned doesn't mean it's going to work. Things are going to go wrong. And when I say virtually everything went wrong with this move, um, that could have went wrong, everything. Not in a bad way, but just more of, you know, that quote where it says, you know, you make plans and God or the universe laughs. That's what happened. You know, they was up there like, oh, <laughs> she thought she was going to just do all of this without us. OK, <laughs> let's show her real quick how this shit works. So that's exactly what happened. And when it came to jobs, I said, you know what, let me go ahead and work on getting a job for a few months um, that wasn't so intensive and far away from where I was living to go ahead and prep for my move. And what happened was Atlanta wasn't showing no kind of love. I was like, okay. 
So five months goes by, four callbacks, two interviews, and then I didn't even like the jobs I wanted to interview for. For some reason, it just wasn't like working. I was like, yo, this isn't working. So something tells me, you know what, let me change my shit. Oh, oh by the way, y'all probably wondering, damn girl, how do you survive? Savings, girl, savings. But when I went to have the idea to, well, I took the idea from Wiz and Dion, shout out to y'all two, to change my address to an LA address. I said, let me just see um, what happens here. And sure enough, that was 30 days ago. Here I am in LA now. I have a job. I already had four interviews. I've been in LA since Wednesday of last week. So um, eight days, you know what I'm saying? But all of this shit happened in my first five days. Wait, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Yeah, five days being in LA, four interviews. Now, mind you, I had 10 callbacks. And there's another interview that I had that I canceled last minute. So basically, Atlanta, five months, four callbacks, barely two interviews. Didn't even like the jobs that I was actually interviewing for. LA, 30 days. You know, even when I was in Atlanta, I was kind of, you know, putting out my, my resume and seeing what was up, you know, in terms of what the market was looking like. But 30 days. 10 callbacks, five interviews, two offers in five days once I actually got out here. So um, sometimes you just got to follow that shit. Sometimes if the opportunity is really knocking like that and you really trying to go, sometimes you got to ditch your plans that you thought you was going to have to set yourself up and be all cute and cushioned and comfortable. Sometimes you just got to be like, fuck that shit. I got to move and go to where you need to go. Like, at some point in Atlanta, I kind of just got tired of sitting there. I love Atlanta. I forever love my city. Um, my roots are in Georgia, real deep, real country deep. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying, I was like, fuck Atlanta or fuck y'all, I'm ready to go. I knew that in order for me to come back how I wanted to, I was going to have to leave. So I was ready to go. Like, I mean, I don't even want to go to astrology, but people always say, oh, that's your area nature. There's other stuff in my chart that, you know, that we can discuss. But I was just ready to bounce I mean for me anybody that knows me knows when I'm tired of a situation it don't matter if it's personal relationships money work friendships anything you can think of in my life when I am done with something I am done with something that means that I've exhausted all resources I've exhausted all energy all time any type of mind like energy any type of anything that I would have had to give, that means I don't have no more. So when that happens, I'm ready to go. It's almost like when y'all at the club and you didn't got your foot stepped on for the third time and your feet hurt and once you're ready to go, you're ready to go and your friends want to stay and you're like, no, I'm ready to go right now. Some of y'all laughing because that's been y'all. That's been me too in a certain situations. And you're like, you know what? Y'all want to stay, that's fine, but I'm going to call this Lyft or Uber and take my ass home. That's how I felt about LA. I was like, you know what? It's time to bounce. I'm finna just go. I gotta go. So the lesson I learned was follow the opportunity. Second lesson I learned. You know what? Let me not count. Cause honestly, the way I the way I'm feeling, I might just go just off cuff. Um culture vultures. Ah. So <laughs> three weeks ago I went to the ride conference uh to rolling out what was the rolling out magazine um event? And they have a ride conference. I think this was the second one. Shout out to Munson Steed. I met him as well and I met um, I lead back up with Steve Canal. He wrote one of my favorite books, The Mind of a Winner. I highly suggest you pick that up. And um, he encouraged me to go out. My girl, Kiana from Key Events, ACL, shout out to her. She was like, y'all finna be there too. I said, I said, you know what? This is the last weekend I really got in the city. Let me go ahead and just follow through. So I was kind of out a lot. Um, I went to another conference too, a spiritual conference later on that day. But 
Dame Dash was a keynote speaker on day one of the conference. And, you know, obviously he's written a book about culture vultures. And um, it was basically the blanket, you know, easy catch-all term from what I took from culture vultures are people that will take certain aspects of you and your culture and then exploit it for their gain. And then you kind of have to come back and get it from them. But by then it's already defiled and it's already, you know, it's kind of already ran through and used up. And I thought about culture vultures from an energetic standpoint. And I realized that those exist too. I mean, you know, we already kind of know this, but when we see certain things that kind of um, draw parallels, obviously we get the reminder. And I learned that sometimes people don't, not learned, but just got a reminder. And I wanted to share with y'all that sometimes people don't fuck with y'all or me to fuck with us. Sometimes people fuck with us to see what they can take from us and see what they can leech off of us. And then they want to exploit it and use it for their game. I'm not saying every hey sis is a hey snaky sis, you feel me? But it's almost like, just remember that we're in a time where it's a lot of fear and it's a lot of warfare going on. And if it ain't politics, it's money. Everybody, you know what I'm saying? Not everybody, let me not say that. It's a lot of, I got to get it, I got to get mines, I got to get mines. And when people think about, I got to get mines, it usually comes at the cost of, everybody else I gotta get mine so fuck you I gotta get mine so I'm gonna fuck you over I gotta get mine so I'm gonna do what I gotta do even if it's step stepping on your neck to get there so when he said that I talked to him briefly um after after his keynote which was great he gave me some really good advice about moving out here but um just remember y'all like keep your keep your eyes open I understand this new age shit tells you to like look at everything we got damn clouds and rainbows and sprinkles and, and glitter and shit like that. And everything's all beautiful and everything's amazing. And I feel you on that. But that shit does not apply to my everyday life. I've never subscribed to that ideology 100%. I feel like it's applicable at times. But just remember, keep y'all goddamn eyes open. Because everybody ain't floating on them same clouds as we are. Sometimes people float on them clouds to see if they can get some shit so they can float on to the next one and do what they got to do to ascend to where they want to go. So just remember that, you know, culture vultures, it can apply energetically as well and know how to move accordingly. It's okay to use your, you know, keep your distance and use your protection and use your right to be silent. Sometimes people ask you questions, not because they give a fuck, but because they want to know what's going on. There are people who literally study 48 laws of power and all that other shit because they think that (laughs) that same knowledge can like even though that knowledge is really out there for everybody they really think that people don't fucking read these books bruh they're like for me i've read the 48 laws of power i read all those fucking books not because i need to know that knowledge so i can deal with motherfuckers that read books like that to manipulate people like me people that low-key move off energy so that's why i'm going so hard about this because i really want y'all to protect up when I speak shit like this on Instagram, the algorithm blocks me. And I'm like, you know what? I forgot I got a whole ass platform that I could really talk my shit on. So I said, you know what? Let me just save this for later. But make sure y'all protect yourselves, bruh. We are in a really weird situation. Trump out here making America a reality show. We out here getting laughed at by the homies overseas. I've checked in with some of my partners overseas. They said we are low-key being laughed at, but almost in like a, oh, poor baby. America out there going through it. Damn, I feel for them. We're lucky like the laughing stock of the world right now. You know, that's America. We ain't talking about the, the shit that's the, the in business, in-house shit that we're dealing with. We're not talking about 
the embarrassment of not having, you know, certain police forces protectors or people, you know, taping folks trying to just live and eat, you know, dinner or have coffee or move into their apartments or sell water or do other stuff. Um, because they're black and things like that, we deal with a lot of things that are really just like embarrassing to the outside. But when you live in it, it's enough to make you wonder why are you here and what's the use of being X, Y, Z? If all they're going to do is do X, Y, Z, it starts making you kind of question your methods, your motives and how you handle and process things. So I'm just saying that a lot of this stuff is shown to us sometimes for information, but it's also shown to show us certain things. If you know what I'm saying. So. Just remember to keep your eyes peeled, assess your surroundings, get rid of everybody who don't fit the description of what you're looking for and keep pushing. Sometimes that includes leaving um, people say, oh, well, you're going to miss your blessings that way. And the way I look at it is I ain't never missed shit that one that that was ever meant for me. I ain't never missed shit that was meant for me. Yeah, I might have missed somebody that appeared to be a blessing or appeared to be good. But the way I look at it is if they really meant for me and there's no bridges burned, it's all love when I separate. If it's meant to be, that opportunity or that person will come back around again. So, you know, and usually if a person is supposedly good, I don't need to separate and I don't need to block and I don't need to protect up in terms of being like, okay, get them out of my circle because if they were truly good, that wouldn't be a factor. But I just had to share that with y'all. Moving right along, I got a bone to pick about manifestation. And I was going to be real neutral on this. I've tried. I've tried to understand because I'm a person that's really big on perspective, right? I've tried so hard for the past five years, three years before spiritual hunger even started in terms of me being publicly, you know what I'm saying, like publicly open with my journey and even with the podcast because my podcast anniversary passed September of last year. Well, two years ago. Yeah, Saturday, September 15th. 2016 yeah so for me I don't really celebrate two-year milestones because what I want to celebrate is what the fuck have I done since creating this podcast that's helped other people besides myself and I celebrated that I celebrated being able to have people like tell me how I've impacted their lives and, and things of that nature and I've you know it's just giving back to the community and stuff like that I celebrate shit like that do I do it on social media no would I probably but that's another conversation but the problem that I'm having with this whole manifestation shit, and again, this is just my views as of October 18th, 2018, is that I don't like the fact that people charge other people for something so fucking simple. Because it is. And I'm not calling anybody else specifically because I don't know of anybody that I follow, that I really rock with, or even, I mean, it's, I don't even have many people that I don't rock with, to be honest. I'm not thinking of a particular person in mind. But when I see little simple ass shit be charged for, when it comes to telling someone how to tap into their own powers, like, it's almost like, it, it, I think the culture vulture shit with Dame Dash really made me feel away more about this. And I think that's why it's so heavy on me right now. And that's why I feel like I got to just talk my shit on it. Because we all have our culture as Dan Dash would say, right? But the way I looked at it is we all have our own power. And some of the shit is really just us. There really isn't no super complex thing that requires someone that is trained or skilled or experienced to provide a service or a tax or a tariff or whatever the fuck to tell me how to do, right? 
So to see people or to know, I should say, to know that people will sit there and literally charge people to tell them how to manifest when the shit is already in them and it really ain't that hard. It bothers me. And I can see maybe a little five, ten dollars, you know, ain't around the house, you know, like like they say on Martin. I'm sure I'm my age, but y'all know that episode. But it's like I did a post the other day and I literally explained a week in my life from last Monday when I left Atlanta at five in the fucking morning. Literally, let me explain the post to y'all if y'all ain't see it. The way my my week went as uh let me go back to my calendar. October 8th, let me tell you how my shit went down from October 8th to October 15th. October 8th at 5 a.m., me and best friend, yeah, that best friend, we left Atlanta at 5 a.m., rolled through, checked in with some family along the way, didn't stop for too long, hit San Antonio about 3, 4 in the morning, woke up in San Antonio Tuesday, that's the ninth, at 10 a.m., got on the road, well, no, let me say that back, seen some family, then immediately got on the road. Got stopped by the police in between San Antonio and El Paso. I did not realize that that's a drug route. So I kind of see why the police were kind of on edge. But we also got stopped in Houston on some bullshit. That's another story. But did a 19-hour stretch from San Antonio to L.A. I woke up in California at 8 a.m. on the 10th of October. We get through traffic, going through, I think, what, Riverside, Fontana and all that, going through the uh, through the IE. If I remember correctly, I think that's the IE. Yeah. We go through all that, and I touch down in L.A. where I'm supposed to be and get moved in and everything at 3. Best friend had a flight that night, so I saw him off. And three hours later, I was in a lift going to the hills. I came back, and Thursday morning, I was up at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I had a job interview. Number one, that I scheduled two weeks before I got out to L.A., so I had interview number one on Thursday. I was tired as hell, so I slept most of Thursday. Then Friday, I had what I realized were two interviews. They were back-to-back in the same place. And then immediately after I left, I went to um, I went on a quick road trip with my, with my homegirl. Saturday, that's the 13th, I came back, tried to sleep some more. Because, I mean, when you drive that much, you know, in a short amount of time, you know, you're still tired. And then Sunday, you know, went out a little bit, made some friends, hit Lamert, you know, checked in with uh, Olympia from Supermarket, shout out to her, got me some vegetables, came back. Monday, interview number four was the first interview I scheduled 30 days ago. Damn near 30 to get, yeah, damn near 30 days ago. Yeah, got an interview with them Monday. By this point, it's this week Monday, y'all. Y'all listening to this on Thursday, the 18th. On the 15th, I had interview number four and job offer number one. Then I got an email with job offer number two. So I'm explaining all of that to say that sometimes manifestation is as simple as you being fed the fuck up with what you're dealing with. You being ready to move forward and get the shit cracking. You taking little steps here and there, seeing what the temperature like, and then going full steam ahead. Believing that regardless, this shit is going to work. And you're going to put in the work to get it done. It's really that fucking simple. It really is. So it low-key bothers me to see all this all this little easy shit get blown up into a mystical, let me teach you. I'm like, what? Or if it's like, you know, oh, well, I've been able to manifest a house. I've been able to manifest a car. The way my fucking mind is set up at this point, I'm all for the me shit. My thing is, what are you manifesting for the we? 
for the collective, for humanity, for your brother, for your sister. What the fuck are you doing with your powers to help other people? Because if you ain't doing that shit, I don't want to pay $100 for somebody to tell me some shit, dog. That $100 can go to something else. I can get somebody else $100 on the street and manifest them some meals for the week. I can manifest $100 and help somebody keep their lights on. You know what I'm saying? That's that's the kind of shit. If we're going to really go there, if the manifesting ain't with the weed, I don't want to hear shit about charging about nothing. I don't give a fuck what degrees people got. I don't give a fuck about no certifications. I don't give a fuck about no 10, 12, 20-step methods. I don't care about none of that shit. If the manifestation is not helping the whole fuck what you talking about. And I hope nobody is offended because I'm not talking about nobody in particular, but don't let the shoe fit too hard if it do. This shit is whack. Like, I'm realizing, like, I just can't, I can't subscribe to it. And I can't sit here and run a platform that's designed to help people be their best self without me putting them on game. People want shit to hold on to. That is the whole fucking point of spirituality and even certain aspects of religion. Everybody wants this shit to hold on to. And I get it and I respect it. I am just like y'all. But what I'm not in the business of is watching people spend their last on shit that is easily accessible within themselves. People are paying for people to tell them shit. And maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. When I say tell them shit, I don't mean tell them secrets. I'm more so saying for the validation, for the you can do it, the cheerleading. And if that's the case, let's not act like we're selling shit in terms of how to do things. Let's just say, hey, motivational speaking, $65, $20, $100, and just go from there. Because the process is sometimes ain't hard. It's us that makes shit hard. The belief that we really are deserving of shit, that's what makes shit hard when it comes to manifestation. Because sometimes we be thinking that we deserve bullshit. We deserve punishment for some shit we did in the past. Or we just don't sit there and be like, you know what? You know what? I did that. Karma's finna come back. How it come back, I'll accept it how it comes. But in the, mean, in the meantime, I move forward. We don't do that. It's, oh, I was this back in the day, so I deserve this. I, I was, you know, I screwed this person over, so I know I deserve to get stole from. I took this girl, man, so now I don't deserve to have a faithful partner. So it's almost like, I feel like sometimes we make this shit super hard. And until you get into a place where you fed the fuck up, and you really just like, yo, I'll take whatever better circumstance than the one I got now. Whatever, I'll take, I'm, we finna just move. I ain't got no choice but to make shit shake at this point. I feel like until you get to a place that's like that, that mindset ain't gonna change. It's gonna always be like a 99% thing. As my Grammy say, 99 and a half on dude. Yeah, she hella religious, but that shit applies all across the board. So, um, so yeah, it's really, it's really as simple as you first click figuring out what the hell you want. Really subscribing to that shit. Like really subscribe to what the fuck you want. Then you move forward and you believe and you have confidence in how the fuck you move. And you also do shit based on what feels right to you. When I did this move to L.A., I didn't write shit in no notebook. And I'm, I'm good for writing. I love to write. Whether it's haikus, whether it's manifestations, whether it's um, intuitive scribbling, all that other shit. I really be with the shits when it comes to writing things down. But I didn't write nothing when it came to this move because I already knew I don't need to fucking see this move in, in paper. I knew exactly how it looked, how it felt, how it smelled, the sunshine. I already felt the sunshine on my skin. I felt the breeze from the ocean. I felt all of that shit. And that's all I needed to move. So for some of y'all that's not wanting to manifest shit because y'all went on the right way, please find the way within you. Please. 
And if you're going to spend your last or money you got to have somebody teach you, make sure they know what the fuck they're talking about and make sure they manifest this shit that has to do with things outside of acquiring things for themselves. You hear me? All right, rant over. Moving forward. Real love never fails. I learned that lesson too while um <laughs> while moving. Sometimes we will have, and myself included, we've had this real cute, idealistic, um, entertainment movie type of um expectation or or idea of what love is. And I realized that love ain't got to be romantic sometimes sometimes there might be some love there between you and a person and sometimes that love has to shift and transmute you know i'm a big i'm a big proponent of transmuting i love me some transmutation god damn it i will transmute some bullshit into whatever it is that i feel like doing i i eat bullshit for fuel i really do and i hope that some of y'all if y'all are ready or open to it get to that point because sometimes we'll let our failures or we'll let negative energy consume us to where we get paralyzed to move but um, once you know how to transmute, it's a, it's a game changer. It makes you want to move forward even more. Um, it's like basically putting gas in the car. You know what I'm saying? But um, but yeah, anyway. But yeah, real love never fails. Sometimes things have to transmute to a certain place in order for it to function better. And there's always an option for things to upgrade or downgrade or not, or even cease to exist if you're being 100. But knowing that you can be with someone in a certain capacity and y'all can actually shake like like shake uh not shake <laughs> stick and move <laughs> y'all can stick and move and shake and bait with all the different types of love that you guys have for each other to me again this is just my experience here that shows me how strong a bond is and how real the love is love don't come with penis y'all love don't come in orgasms it doesn't love doesn't come in false promises Love doesn't, for me at least, love don't come in empty words and goddamn inconsistent, you know, plans and things that sound good for the short term but don't mean shit in the long term. That's that's not love to me. It was at, some, at one point. It was. But I realized that the actions speak louder than what any person can say. The loyalty, the being there, no matter what. No matter what the bond calls for, being there in a friend capacity is important. Even if it started out <laughs> a little differently. <laughs> so I've learned that, you know. And if you got you a, a real rider, keep him around forever, forever. Because you, it's, it's really rare. Like you can find your soul family, but you're going to click with some more than others. And the ones you end up clicking with real, real, real tight, that kind of shit where you just y'all just sync up and there's a, a level of loyalty and love that really don't have to be explained or um or quote unquote taught. I know we say we gotta tell people how to love us, and I understand that you do have to kind of get people to know you and understand your boundaries and, and things like that. So I, I understand, you know, teach people how to love you. But when y'all rock and that don't even have to be explained, keep those around. Those are the real ones. And those are real far and few in between. I'm learning on a side of time. There's great people everywhere. Great people exist. Soul family exists. Tribe that's not your family exists. But in terms of motherfuckers that's just like you, in terms of the level of loyalty and what y'all all want out of something, those are the ones you might want to stick around with. 
But moving forward. Next lesson I learned. Clap for your damn self. Clap it up. Clap it up. Clap it up for you. Because you can't expect nobody else to. I think sometimes we get taught through like schooling and, and you know, just overall conditioning that, you know, if you do something, you deserve a reward. You deserve acknowledgement. You deserve a cookie. You deserve a clap. So when you get in a room with motherfuckers that think the opposite or don't give a fuck about you to even want to clap for you, they want to steal your cookies. They want to turn a blind eye as you glow up and do your shit. If all you did was move out of validation from other people, how would that make you feel? Pretty fucking alone, wouldn't it? So at some point, you got to be your own cheerleader and clap for yourself. Now, granted, I learned this lesson real early. Hurtful lesson, early. To know that there are people who will purposely see you do shit and then kind of be like, ah, fuck her, she ain't shit. I ain't going to support her. Oh, fuck her. I don't give a fuck what she doing. Oh, fuck her. I hope that it doesn't last. Oh, fuck her, whatever, fuck her. So once I learned that, I said, you know what? I got to shake myself out of looking to other people for the happiness. I got to really remember that it ain't really nobody but me when it comes to who I roll on this journey. Yeah, my mother is there. She'll clap for me. My siblings are there. I got a whole bunch of siblings. They'll clap for me. I got some real trail homies. They'll clap for me. But when they not there, who is there? Who's left? It's me. So I got to remember, I got to big my own self up. I know we get taught to be humble and do this and don't seem like you're gonna don't act like this. And there's a difference between being confident and cocky, you feel me? But people out here on this humility shit that where you'll dim your whole goddamn light. And you may not want to clap for yourself because you're scared people gonna get mad. Fuck them. Clap for yourself. Clap it up. Clap loud. Cause at the end of the day, that I mean, you really got all you got is yourself to clap for, you know, sometimes. Give yourself the credits. I did that. You did that. Y'all ran that. Y'all achieved that. Y'all ascended over that. Y'all may have struggled, but y'all overcame y'all triumph. That shit is worth clapping over. Don't let nobody tell y'all ass is different. Please. And most people that tell you to be humble, usually are threatened by some shit. Or you're threatening an institution and you have to watch yourself. Because if you don't, then you, you threaten the institution. And you come off bigger than what you are supposed to be based on what they view you as. Fuck that. Clap for your damn self. Moving right along. Astrology, astrology, astrology. I got to talk about it again as well because um, my gripe previously was the whole 13 versus 12 sign astrology. And I've already told y'all plenty of times that I side eye anybody that will tell you that one system is better than the other. Because don't nobody know shit about what's best for you than you. So um, rather than run that into the ground, I just want to say that everybody is tripping off of all of these retrogrades, right? And I get it. Social media makes things really, really fun and informative, but do not get caught up in the game of you over here following retrogrades in Venus, Chiron, Uranus, Neptune, Mercury, Mars this year, but you don't even know your own natal chart to even know how that shit affects you. So people will literally freak out and say, oh my God, this Venus retrograde got my exes, whatever, whatever. But do you know where your own Venus is located in your natal chart? And it's not the shame people who don't know their chart, but the sensationalism and the whole, oh my, this is in this, so this is why it is. Do you really know your own charts where you know how all these transcendent planets affect you? I get the horoscopes that are general on the websites. I get that. I get people are um, getting their articles and things like that. But remember... That's a general horoscope. 
that's not really saying what's going to happen to you specifically. And a lot of people are wanting to get more specific. But they only come in at some, oh, I got an XYZ ascendant, a so-and-so sun, and an AYZ moon. Those are three things in a chart with 12 houses and hella planets and a, and a black moon, if you follow that, if you follow that type of astrology, and asteroids, if you study those as well. It's real, it's real more, um, oh, real more. My mama teacher should kill me for that. It's a very layered game when it comes to astrology. And it's not no shit to fuck with. If you being honest, this shit is not cute. Astrology is not cute, dog. And I understand it's cute because everybody wants to know if they're compatible with some shit. Are you compatible with yourself? And the reason why I say that is because I was like that. I was. Read my mama's Cosmopolitan magazines, her Red Book magazines. I used to sneak in by 17 magazine when I was 13. You know, I was still a teenager, but it was still a little more, you know, mature. But I would look at those horoscopes in the back all the fucking time. First thing I go to is Aries. Aries is always first. What's going on with me? Okay, this is what I'm going to be dealing with for the month. And then I realized this shit don't work for me. And I actually like was like, yo, astrology is bullshit. And I think that's kind of where people get that whole astrology is bullshit from because they look at those general horoscopes and it's not always a one-size-fits-all approach. Sometimes that shit really don't apply to you. Because you have other placements, you have other aspects, you have other things that's going on in different signs that's interacting with different things that might not even be relevant to what that horoscope is saying. So, side note, by the way, I got to go into this too. So, I've come across a few men <laughs> lately, and they might be listening, and I got nothing but love for y'all. And I've never tried to run these men's charts, even though I could if I wanted to. But I know, well, I didn't at the time. Let me, let me correct myself. I didn't at the time. Um, and so I got these such strong, passionate responses. I said, nah, fuck this. I got to run this because this, this is a little too too extra for me. But they was going real hard about how astrology was bullshit. And I said, in what way? And they said, oh, well, this isn't real. This is It's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. They couldn't give me no answer. It wasn't like they said, oh, well, this was debunked or things like that. Or they wasn't giving me like any kind of um, objective findings. It was just a subjective feeling. And they felt it was whack. And that was that, right? So I said, so I quickly read a chart and it's like all the issues that I seen in my, in, in the partners that was talking to me about, well, the three that were telling me that astrology was bullshit. They was currently dealing with shit in a chart that they was working through and had no idea. All the acting out, all of the conflicts they were complaining to me about certain shit they wasn't making closure with or making peace with was shit I saw on their chart. So it was kind of like an irony, you know, it was like, it was really ironic because it was like, damn, you're telling me right here. The astrology is bullshit, but yet I literally could run your chart right now and I could really tell you the shit that I see you dealing with that you're telling me about. That's how specific it can get. You're not going to have the same chart with Joe Schmo in Baltimore or you're not going to have the same chart as your mama or your brother or nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? So going back to how important it is to know your own natal chart is you don't know, you really can't, and this is just my perspective here, you cannot really know how transiting planets affect you to the letter like you want until you study your own shit. And you have to know your own shit like the back of your hand before you could run someone else's chart as well as running the transiting charts. I hope that makes sense. And I know that that's not an answer that people want to hear because that shit ain't quick. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's you have to, if you really want to study it, you really got to dive into that shit. You got to literally understand how the shit is working. Houses are basically where the shit happens. 
planets are the characters and the signs are basically how the characters are moving in the play or the drama that is your life. And the houses are the, are the, the, the locations. Where exactly in your life is this happening? And then the planets still got relationships because they're characters. There's interactions with other characters in different scenes. That's going to influence the drama in your life, for better or for worse. But the best thing about this whole NATO chart shit that people like to discredit is that once you get the wind of your blueprint and how it's going down, you make the choice as to what you want to do. Your chart is just giving you an overview. Just like a blueprint of a house. That's the blueprint on how to build the house. But you can always change that shit up. You can always pick another way to go about it. You see how this looks? Okay, you know what? I may not like that. Let me figure out how to fix this, that, and the third. Make these dimensions and these specs fix this. And then I'm going to make the dream house that I want. That's what happens when you love your natal chart if you really fucking with it like that. There's also different ways like relocation charts. I'm currently redoing my relocation chart. One of my elders gave me a gift as I was leaving. She said, oh, Maria, I got to give you your natal chart. And I said, well, I already had it because I studied astrology under her. And um, she said, no, 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 I got to give you your reload chart, and, you know, reload, relocation. So she gave it to me and I looked and I said, ah, God damn it. Now, the way she gave it to me was that she gave me, <laughs> she gave me all the planets, obviously, and all the houses and the signs. But there was zero aspects, which means I had to basically go dig and, you know, find the conjunctions, find the squares, find the sextile, the trimes, the uh, sexy squares, the goddamn Queen Cuxes, fucking all that shit. I had to fight all of them, all of them. Um, and I told her, I said, you don't give me the one with the angles? She said, um, girl, no, I taught you this already. You know what to do. I said, touche. So in between naps, I had, I, I brought like eight books that I had on astrology. On top of my own, like, um, I have a big ass binder, like filled with like other stuff I've learned, like multiple um, classes with the teachers I've had. And other stuff that I've done, like, when I self-studied, too. So, I was literally running through this bit, like, all right, we got to run this. And, excuse me, I'm almost done. But it's just important that you know what you got going on before you worry about anything that's outside or anybody else's shit. I always get questions about sanitary. Oh, can you run me and my person's chart? I'm like, do you know your own chart? No, but I want to see we're compatible. Do you know what's going on in your own shit before you ask about other people? And I'm not judging because I've definitely been that person. You know what I'm saying? But once I realized the importance of knowing my own shit, it's helped me move better with people to where sometimes I don't need this industry. I know me enough to know that the way this shit moves ain't finna work. And the last thing that I've I've really just got a real reminder of that I want to share with people is that nobody got the answer for shit but you. For real. People hate hearing that because that forces you to realize that you have to do some type of work. And work is hard. I understand. Work is hard. Healing ain't sexy. Working through your traumas ain't sexy. Accepting that life what you thought, you know, what you thought to be true. Your entire life. It's not sexy. It's hurtful. It's deceitful. It's betrayal. It's disgusting. It's aggravating. It's annoying. It can cause anxiety. It can cause some types of depression. So I understand. But when you work through the storms and the fires, you can use both. Because, man, sometimes shit will feel like either or, depending on what you're going through. Once you work through that shit and you realize that you are the source and that everything works through you, you 
know the answer. You're the captain of the ship. Yeah, you might get a steering wheel to some other people and let them stiff for a little bit. But only you're going to know if that feels right to you or not. Somebody go north. You like going north? Great. Somebody stay your ass right into the iceberg. What you going to do? You going to take over and figure it out. You can follow somebody that's going to steer you wrong this entire time and not even realize it because we are too scared to rely on our own ability to seek the answer or be the answer or know the answer or share the answer. We scared to live. A lot of us are. Not really sure why. Are we scared to be wrong? Are we scared to waste time? Are we scared to waste energy? Some of us getting older. Some of us don't want to waste time again. A lot of things I've noticed is um, when it comes to relationships, a lot of us will have a lot of relationship questions, but we don't really fuck with the relationship with ourselves. We don't really deal with that. We can give you standards of what we want in a man or a woman all day. How you supposed to deal with us, you know, but we we don't really have the standard when it comes to ourselves. How do I talk to myself? How do I treat myself? How do I think of myself? But we'll tell somebody grown ass son, you better talk to me X, Y, Z. Not saying that you're not worthy of that. But all the energy we put onto other people. Looking for their guidance, looking for their answers, looking for how they need to do things. I hope we're putting the same energy into ourselves because we are a constant work in progress. For real. And we're not one dimensional either. This whole shit, oh, I'm not a bad bitch, I'm a classy girl, please. I proudly read both sides of the flags, you hear me? Because I can sit here, I can talk, I can meditate, I can do yoga. But then yesterday, I'm running my natal charts, listening to Gucci Mane. Twerking on the back patio. Happy. Smell like rose oil and, and beautiful promises. You hear me? You can be both. You can be both. What's that shit I saw on Instagram? I'm not eye candy. I'm soulful. What if I'm both? I can be both. I can choose to be both. I can put my energy towards different things if I want to exemplify and be different things. We jump right out of a society box and jump into social media boxes. Why? Because we don't fucking know ourselves. We look for quizzes and shit to tell us who we are. We look for fucking, what else do we see? Twitter, Twitter logic. We let tweets speak for us because we don't have conversations with the people we need to have conversations with. All these damn subliminals. Half these subliminals are made by some personal shit that ain't got nothing to do with us. And we sit here and we retweet them shits. And I'm guilty of them. That's why I'm talking about myself too. And we retweet them shits. But the only difference is that I really will have a conversation with folks. I, I really don't care. I've been told I have a tone. You know what? Maybe I'll talk about that too. Because there's some women that I do follow that we are very, very similar. And um, <laughs> yeah, I'll save that for the end. But, but yeah, like we just, please, when releasing yourself out of one constraint or one box or one system of labeling, just make sure that you don't walk into another one. It's real easy. Just like when people talk about what spiritual is, people will leave the church and be looking for something to hold on to so bad. They walk into a whole nother fucking way of living and believing that is just as um, rigid as certain religions they complain about. Like you can't complain about Christianity being X, Y, Z 
And then you walk into a whole way of thinking that makes you do certain things that you don't want to do. And I know I might ruffle some feathers because in certain communities, that's against what our ancestors is and the third. But the way I look at it, yeah, I might got ancestors behind me, but I got ancestors in me too. And I fuck with them real heavy. So I don't really necessarily follow certain standards when it comes to you need to be in order to be a queen or to be an empress or to be X, Y, Z. And you have to follow these guidelines. I don't need to follow shit. I don't need nobody to crown me. I crown me. The fuck? And I hope y'all crowning yourselves too. Because there's a lot of people who get off on being able to dictate what's righteous and what's not. What's queenly, what's kingly, and what's not. Fuck all that. Crown yourself. And if you let somebody snatch your damn crown because of that type of labeling or that kind of rule, snatch your shit back. Instruct the fuck on. People always want to dictate what is supposed to be right for somebody else. Now, granted, the spiritual homegirl, you feel me? Like, I try to basically tell people to be your best self by your own accord. You make the choice at what works for you. Now, granted, I got my own standards, though. I don't deal with pettiness. I don't deal with messiness. I don't deal with folks that like to purposely steal and, and leech and things like that and do things negatively. And I don't fuck with people. That's all about the me. That's my choice. But am I going to sit there and say, you're not a queen. You're not spiritual if you don't. You really ain't about that life. Like, I think I said some shit that said, what did I see? That I was like, what the hell? I saw something that said, don't ever call yourself a king or queen if you can't trust your lineage. And I was, and that would make me realize, I was like, oh, okay, this social media is just a bullshit for real. Because you have people that really are struggling, trying to find their lineage. And, you know, for a lot of us, the whole slave trade and things like that, that the paperwork on that isn't really, it's not kept. It doesn't exist. So for people that are struggling, hitting a wall because they already are trying to find the roots and things like that from a physical standpoint, maybe not an energetic standpoint, but they're trying to find out from them. Some people will not, some people will not think they're, they're worthy of being kings and queens or look at themselves in a higher fashion or a level of being treated with respect because of some dumb ass fucking meme that says that you ain't supposed to do X, Y, Z because you ain't do ABC. This shit lame as fuck. That's why you don't see me aligned with a whole bunch of collectives. Sir, I don't I don't subscribe to anything 100%. Not because I don't want to commit in terms of being scared, but because I refuse to commit to some shit that makes me have to trump my inner voice. If I ever got to fucking silence myself, I don't want to be a part of shit. If I can't move freely and live how I want to live, I don't want to be a part of nothing. If I feel like I'm going to fuck with a group of people that's going to judge me for being my authentic self as I grow to be my best self, I don't want to fuck with it. And I'm telling y'all that y'all can do the same thing if that's how y'all feeling. Self is the best answer you're going to get, baby. That's it. We look for all these things. Tools are tools. Yes. You booked me for a medicine card reading? That's a tool. You still got work to do. You want me to read your charts? Well, I'm not in the business doing it now because I got a lot of charts to do. I got a death chart and some other things. But if you were to ask me to interpret your chart, cool. But you still got to do the work. You can sit there, read your shit on IG, cool. Get your motherfucking memes about the retrograde, cool. But you still got to do the work. And until you realize that, or until we realize that, all this shit we doing is fucking fruitless. It's just going to send you in circles back to self. And this is speaking as somebody who done dealt with that shit for years. Looked at it for years. Other people intuition for years. 
not realizing, you know what? Ultimately, I'm the one that has to deal with this shit. It's me. It's me, bruh. I've seen folks sit there and say, this person, now granted, this this is two sides of the spectrum, so I kind of understand both sides. But it's almost like when a reader gives a reading, right? And we're not talking about no little bullshit reader that don't know what the fuck they're doing and just got there shooting in the dark, don't know nothing. We're talking about if a reader has told a client to do X, Y, not even to do X, Y, Z, but if they give their intuition on something for a fee, because we know that's how the game go. You pay for the service. If a reader tells someone based on what they feel, this is what's going on, and that person takes it as fact and doesn't do no fucking work on their own and accepts that reader's interpretation solely as fact and that's it, and it don't go right, whose fault is it that the reader was supposedly quote-unquote wrong? Is it the reader's fault because they told the, the person that they were servicing how they felt in terms of what was being told to them based on what a card said or whatever the fuck or energy reading, whatever? Or is it the customer's fault or the client's fault for accepting someone else's shit above their own? And I know that's going to rub with some feathers because that's going to call out some of y'all. It called me out. I had one reader that was terrible. And I said, I wasted my goddamn money. This is years ago. I said, this reader ain't shit. <laughs> this reader is. And then I thought about it. I said, wait, but technically, that's on me, though. Because I ultimately was looking for an answer that wasn't what I heard. And what I thought was going to happen did not happen. And it wasn't because of that reader. It was because of me. So, um, yeah, that's just something to kind of keep in mind. You feel me? But, uh, yeah, as y'all can see, I'm really hyped this episode. I'm really happy to be back. And I just had to get all of this out before I interview with Jason very soon. I love me some Jason, y'all. Y'all don't follow Jason, y'all need to. His Instagram is Fari, F-A-R-I, Studio Art. He's amazing. Um, He's a really, he's a well-versed OG. I love OG shit. I do. I got a lot of cool OGs in my, in my circle, whether they men, whether they women. I love them. I love my elders and, and my OGs. Like they have a wealth of great knowledge to um just to just to check out. You know what I'm saying? You know, you can always reject and accept, but I I really like what they all bring to the table. And with our son, our son is bringing in the importance of sexual energy in terms of retention and using that energy for other shit other than just a third dimensional nut. You feel me? And when I say third dimensional nut, I mean just basically just sex. It's getting to the point with me where I'm realizing with men, and it's not a shot to y'all men that think like this. This is just my personal opinion based on my own experience of the men that I come across. Sometimes I'll see or come across a man who is hypersexual and at first, it used to be exciting, you know, when you're younger, you know, and you're you're dating this person. All you want to do is have sex. You want to have sex, too. It's, it's bomb, right? <laughs> but as you get older and you start going through your own journey, working through your own shit, you start wondering, like, what is the cause of the hypersexuality in terms of you always wanting to do things all the time? What exactly are you having sex for? Is it really just supposedly biology? Is it some shit that you ain't dealing with? Is it a lack of being able to creatively express any other way how you feel about shit? Is it the need to feel masculine? Because all you could, I mean, that's all society kind of bases masculinity on nowadays is, well, it's changing now. But previously it was, you know, whose dick is bigger? Whose car is bigger? Who got more money? Who got more bitches? Who got this, that, and the third? It was a comparison contest. And then, you know, 
who looks more masculine, you know? So it's almost like, is this just, is this a way of overcompensating for something that you're lacking? So I'm learning now that when I start asking those questions, I start figuring out that some of the hypersexuality is based on that. And it's not judgment because everybody working through something, whether folks want to act like it or not, everybody working through shit. So it's, I just kind of been wondering about that. With y'all son's 21 day challenge, like I know what, 1500 Kings signed up? First round, first go round, 21 days, 1500 sign up. That says a lot. All those 1500 men that signed up were, were men crush men, was it man crush Mondays for me? I'm always talking about men crush men's day. <laughs> Somebody take this damn mic out of my head. Let me hurry up and wrap this up. But, but yeah, like Jocelyn had that many men. And I thought that was really great. That shows that the conversation in terms of wanting to better themselves. Everybody talking about men are trash. Some men are trash. But you also have 1,500 of them that weren't trash that are learning how to harness their sexual energy a lot better, not only for their partners, but really for themselves. And the thing that I like the most about Josh's son is that when those men were in the group, he was saying that, you know, some of them were saying, well, he said this publicly, so it's not like I'm spilling any tea or anything like that. But he said some of those men admitted that they fucked up and some of them were in the comments saying hey i fucked up i jumped off the wagon but i'm gonna get back on and i have that has to be applauded it's some man out there that's trying and john's son is out here like sowing the seed and sparking sparking the 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 flame of something different in these men who may have been choosing something different and that's so dope that is so dope but i can't wait to schedule this interview with him sooner than later I also got a lot of other interviews that I want to do with some people in LA as well as Atlanta. Just because I left Atlanta on me, I just threw them off to the side. That's gonna always be the home. Always gonna be the city for me. And um I'm never gonna just put that down. If there's some really dope guests in Atlanta, I'm gonna interview them too. And in New York, and in Chicago, and in Vegas, or Seattle, or Portland, or Hawaii, or Texas, any place that has great guests, I'm down to interview. But but yeah, so um, yeah, that's pretty much the update on what I've learned and what has been on my heart a lot. I mean, obviously, based on how fast I've been talking and all these damn cuss words and all this other shit, you know this has been on my heart. And y'all know I don't like editing episodes because I like to keep it really funky with y'all. I don't like to put on no image. I don't like to come off like, oh, well, we're going to create the image of spiritual homegirl. No, this is me. Me all day. Somebody met me and said, wow, you're the same. Yes, because spiritual hunger is not a character. I don't put on a hat. I might wear a hoodie, but that's my shit. I don't put on a fucking Superman cape or whatever the fuck, and all of a sudden I'm spiritual homegirl. No, this is me all day. I just jump on a mic or jump on it, you know, in front of a camera or a phone from time to time. I don't change nothing about who I am. So I decided to give this episode to you in the most rawest form possible, with the exception of throwing a theme song on it. Shout out to Brandon, <laughs> my producer. <laughs> but yeah, so that's been on my heart. If y'all got any questions, y'all know how to find me. Oh, Tribe Letters. Shout out to y'all that's been subscribing to Tribe Letters. That has been one main thing that I've been consistent with while I was on hiatus with the show. I really enjoy creating content for y'all. If you signed up for the Tribe Letter this week, you would have gotten the Venus Retrograde Survival Kit. We're talking about designing our lives in a time period with the retrograde that is purported to not be beneficial for doing so. Meaning people say, oh, don't do X, Y, Z during retrogrades, whatever, whatever. But there are some folks who may still be in the mind to still create or still be able to work through some of their stuff and don't know how because, you know, when planets are retrograde, the energies turn inward. So I basically talked about how to hack that energy to still do what you need to do. 
Because the thing about retrogress is that when you learn your chart, like I said, and you learn what's going on with the transiting planets, it helps you move forward versus being ran forward. It's almost like moving with the energy so that you don't get ran by the energy. Like certain people, like it's almost like if you don't plan your day, you get ran by your day. You let the day run you. You don't run the day. And as Omar and then Rep J say, you know, rerun things. Things no run we. You run shit. Don't let shit run you. So that was basically what the newsletter was about regarding Venus retrograde. And for those that are still in the rut, because apparently these retrogrades, I mean, this year was pretty, pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. Lots of planets with retrograde, at least, what, six or seven this year so far? When it's all said and done, it'll be about six or seven, including Chiron. So, you know, I just wanted to do what I could to help people um, kind of get out of the mud. Because some folks have been stuck since top of the year. And I just, I hate to hear that. So I just wanted to do a little something to help people out. But if you haven't signed up for Tribe Letter, you can do so at spiritualhomegirl.com. You can also, if you're on my Instagram or my Facebook, there is an email sign up on Facebook as well as, um, and that's Spiritual Homegirl, by the way. Or you can follow me at Instagram, Spiritual Homegirl. Click the link tree and um, you'll see sign up for my mailing list. You can do that. It's almost hoodie season, y'all. If y'all got y'all hoodies, let me see them. Y'all be looking all cute in y'all's hoodies. I love when y'all posting. Y'all be looking real good. I'm like, ooh, look at y'all. Repping what y'all, what y'all represent. Y'all better, y'all better do that. But if you want to do that, you can also find my store as well and get you a hoodie. Um, I got some new ones I'm about to do today, actually. So by the time this episode airs, I'll have a few up there. Um, for the for the women, there have there been some requests to make them a little cuter in terms of not being so uh, thick. So I actually found a real cute thin hoodie that I like. And I'm going to um, make some, some new ones for those that kind of want to keep it a little sexy for hoodie season or boots boots and legging season as I call it um is there anything else oh yeah my YouTube I got my video diary for this particular road trip that I did <laughs> road trip my move <laughs> I got that coming up too it's just a matter of me figuring out what exactly I want to share how I want to structure it I guess um so there were some tough moments that were on there and um I want to make sure that whatever I decide to show is balanced for at least for me, people are going to interpret how they want to, but whatever I put out, I can at least be at peace knowing that I presented both sides of the spectrum. And um, that's it. I mean, you can follow me if you have Google. I think there's a Google podcast app. You can find me there. You can also find me on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and Radio Public, virtually wherever you get your podcast, boo. That's where I'm at. But that's it, y'all. I'm going to keep this short. I have clearly... Ran my mouth nonstop for over an hour. And I would like to give your ears a break. <laughs> so thank y'all so much for rocking with me and coming back and listening to me after my hiatus. My name is Maria. This has been another episode of the Spiritual Homegirl Podcast. And remember, trust the journey and trust yourself. Peace. Peace.